name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, Amen. Everybody's very familiar with this story. We hear the story, we're going to hear it in, in a few weeks. Not a few weeks, but a little bit more than a few weeks in the middle of Lent. And this story is a story that we've all heard of, and we've all heard different um, aspects of it. But today I want to look at the man born blind in a different way. When we look at the man born blind, we think of how he responded to Christ. So one of the main things is when, when Christ saw him, he saw him and he wanted to heal him. No one triggered Christ to heal him. No one said, Christ, please, this man is born blind. No. Christ went out of his way and he healed him. We always have to remember that God is willing and wants to heal us and change us and transform us. That it's not, sometimes we feel that we're putting on too much burden on, on God. Like, I don't want to bother him with this little thing. I don't want to bother him with this situation. But in God's eyes, he's more than willing because he created us to be with him and to be healed and to be transformed. But what's interesting is Look, the contrast between the blind man and the Jews that were attacking Christ at the time. When this man was told to go wash in the pool, when, and, when Christ made clay and gave him the clay and said, go wash in the pool, you have to ask yourself, what kind of faith did this man have? This man was born blind. He didn't know what sight looked like. He never experienced sight. He never experienced um, a, a, a situation where he can see from, from his birth. He never was able to see. And now God is coming to him and says, go wash in the pool. And he did. And when he did that, because of his obedience, because of his faith, because of his belief that this is Christ and that, and that if I connect with Christ, if I trust in him, my life will be completely transformed. His life was changed. Sometimes our life isn't changed because of our lack of obedience or lack of faith in who God is is we we tend to um and and this is because of our inability to fully understand god someone once said we can't fully understand god it's like going into the ocean with a cup and trying to to count how many cups the ocean is trying to understand the the magnitude of the ocean using a plastic cup it doesn't it will never fully makes sense. So the idea is to look at God and understand that he is beyond us, but that he's so personal that he loves us, that he's willing to change and go to each person 
to change us. One of the um, uh, uh, fathers, St. Cyril, St. Cyril of Alexandria, he talks about this obedience of the, of the blind man is what healed him. This faith is what heals him. Many times we're stuck in, in tough situations. Every one of us has many, many tough situations or many unknowns, many unknowns. And in this man's case, he could have said, no, I'm, I'm comfortable here. No, I don't know. It's scary. Like if you go from living a certain way your whole life to like to not living that way, for going from blindness to sight, it's a big transition. It's a big transition. Like a long time ago, I injured my leg and I had a cast on for a very, very long time. And after I took the cast off, I was very hesitant to walk. Like I knew I was fine. The doctor said, you're fine. But I'm still like, I, I, I forgot how that life was of walking and this and that. I forgot how the experience was. So I'm very hesitant. Sometimes we are hesitant with God. We, we keep him at a distance. We don't want to fully be healed. The other thing when it comes to the story of the blind man is whose fault was it that he was born blind? No one's. Even, even the, the way that the people thought about, thought about it was that it has to be somebody's fault. Every, every situation has to have somebody, has to have a cause for the situation. So they said, did he sin or did his parents sin? Neither. Neither his parents sinned or he sinned. He didn't do anything. Sometimes we try to find a reason, an explanation for a certain issue that we have. Like if we were really hoping to get into a certain school and we don't get in, we start thinking, oh, you know, that's because one, that one time I, I didn't wake up for liturgy or I didn't do this or I didn't do this. God doesn't work that way. The consequences of sin is a different situation. But when we, like there's a, there's a saying, um, it's the cards we were dealt. The cards we were dealt. So if, 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 if God allows for a certain situation to be in your life, it's not necessarily a situation where you have to look at it and say, I messed up. It, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be someone's fault in order for us be, because of our situation. And I think this is one of the hardest things in life. Because I think we, we're used to explanations. Two plus two equals four. We can explain it in a hundred, a hundred ways. And that helps us. In, in like in our schooling because we have very logical minds if this this means this so it's raining so we should cover our heads when we go outside it's logical but sometimes in our life 
things are not logical. Things in our situation, things that happen in our life, it doesn't make sense. But we know that God has a purpose. So the first thing is obeying and having the faith that God wants to and cares to transform even the slightest detail in our life. The second thing is remembering that it's no one's fault. Sometimes we have situations that it's no one's fault. But we have to look at the situation the same way we look at the story of the blind man, that it was done for the glory of God. Done for the glory of God. That's the purpose. Now, if you talk to the blind man before he was healed, can he fathom the idea that this is for the glory of God? Maybe not. When you're in the situation, it's hard to see the, the, the light or the, the hope in the situation. It's very hard. It's very hard um, at the moment after an accident to say, thank God, at the moment. Right after, yes, it can, it can develop. Or, or when we, when, if we are sick or if we know somebody is sick, it's very hard in that moment to think about all the positives. But as we build our relationship with Christ, we trust that he loves us. And if someone loves us, they always want what's best for us, even if it doesn't look good. With the junior high school boys, we're studying the book of uh, James. And one of the uh, verses that we spent a lot of time on last week was count it all with joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all with joy. Another verse. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. These are very, very tough verses. Because I'm, I have to count it joy when I'm going through a tough time. Why? Why should I count it with joy? Why can't I be upset? Because of this story here. Because that even in the most hopeless situation, there is nothing more hopeless than a man born blind. This man has never seen. I don't even think he expected to ever see. He was satisfied in his situation, but God wasn't. Sometimes we are satisfied in our hopeless situation, but hope himself, Christ, is not satisfied. He cannot handle us being in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a situation like that. So he's always willing to transform us for his glory. This, this is the difference between having spiritual eyes and physical eyes. Spiritual eyes and physical eyes. Physical eyes is what we use when we're driving. And in these past couple of days, it's been very foggy. Visibility has been very tough. And we're trying to maneuver in life. The spiritual eyes 
comes from our relationship with God that we can see joy in tough situations. I was just sharing this with the boys. Happiness, and I've said this before, happiness comes from a moment. Comes from like even the root of the word happening. So when something is happening, it just it that that moment just occurred. So I can be happy at certain times, right? I'm going to be happy if the Rams win today, but but that happiness will go away and and it can and it can come up and down regardless. But joy is everlasting. Joy is not affected by anyone but Christ. Joy is Christ. So I can be joyous but sad. And that joy is everlasting. So I can be joyous in Christ. We are here celebrating the Eucharist. We're here partaking of His body and His blood. But at the same time, if that happens... If I'm sad about something, that's okay. That's okay. That's not a sin. There's nothing wrong with that, to be sad. In this story here, we see that Christ wants to give us everlasting joy, regardless of our situation. We see in this man his ability to go and to to follow Christ's commandments. We as Christians sometimes struggle with that. We want to get the whole picture first. We want like, okay, God, okay, so you're telling me I'm going to take this clay, I'm going to put it where there's no eyeballs, I'm going to put it there, and you want me to walk somewhere? But I can't see. How am I going to walk somewhere? Wait, so what's going to happen when I get to the pool? What's going to happen after? Okay, can you just, can you explain it to me? All right, try it on someone else first. The idea is that God wants us to take that leap. To take that leap of faith and say, okay, you said do this. You said come to church. You said take communion. You said to read the Bible every day. You said to confess. Okay, I don't know what the result is going to be. I have no idea. But what I do know is that you want what's best for me. You care about me. I'm just a blind man. I mean, you have bigger things to to deal with. You're just coming to to one person. But but you're willing to sacrifice your time and effort for me. So I'm willing to do anything for you. And if we, as Christians, push ourselves to ask less questions from God, meaning not question Him, Give him a chance. This man could have said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to put this, I'm going to take this clay that you spat on. I'm going to put it in my eye and, and now I'm going to be able to see. That's, no, I, 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 you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay the way I am. And sadly, that's sometimes how we are. We're okay in, in, in the situation we are. We're okay being blind. So, so today, and as we lead up to, to Lent, let's think, about, let's think about 
what in our life is stopping us from obeying, from obeying. And I think for, for, for most of us, one of the biggest thing is not realizing that we're blind. Not realizing that there's something wrong. If this man didn't realize there's something wrong, would he have done what Christ asked him to do? Of course not. Why? So for us, we have to first acknowledge we are blind or we have any, we have a sense of hopelessness and then want to get healed and then follow God's command. So I pray that during this uh, liturgy, we not use our physical eyes because our physical eyes can be looking everywhere and, and focus on different things and focus on the people around us and who's here and who's not here and that doesn't matter. But we use our spiritual eyes and we look at Christ on the altar and we, and we, we imagine him not because it's a part of our imagination, it's because he's right here on the altar that we stare and we look, that's why we're all facing east we're all facing the altar because Christ is on the altar and that we know that he can transform any of our hopelessness and glory be to God forever. Amen.